0: kind of acquainted here and uh, we're going to start with standing in the need of prayer
1: In the of our body mm-hmm. Because of the burns, The baby's mouth began to seal. The doctor said The results are confusing, And all we can do is wait I want you to know why they were waiting, I begin to pray Father, in the name of Jesus We need you How many know When the doctor says no Jesus can still see us the doctor told the mother to call the family in He was preparing them for the worst I told the mother to call the family in So we could praise God in advance For what he was getting ready to do How many now? God can take total disaster And.
0: last several uh decades um you know we're seeing more and more stranger you know strange and you know and severe weather patterns occurring with more frequency you know and intensity you know around around the globe uh global weather patterns you know have gone completely awry earthquakes uh, you know epic flooding um Extreme heat waves, you know, extreme winter storms, you know, tsunamis, tornadic occurrences in areas, you know, that never had, you know, such watches or, you know, warnings. And, you know, on top of all of that, you know, you can look back over the last decade or two, we've seen the onslaught of African swine fever, you know, wiped out millions Millions of pigs around the globe. You know the H1N1 swine flu. You know they killed people in Taiwan. You know there have been that uh, H5N1 bird flu. You know outbreaks in China and India. And then of course, uh, then of course, you know there is the there is the uh, corona corona outbreak, which led to an increase in distress amongst the nations. Now Jesus. Described in Matthew 24 that these signs, you know, there will be signs like birthing pains or like a, uh, it states a woman in travail. You know, the closer to giving birth, the frequency and intensity of the birthing pains, so to speak, you know, uh, the signs in nature constitute one of six categories of signs that the Bible tells us. Uh, to watch for in you know these end times now this category of end time signs is very it's a very important one and yet it is the category that receives you know the least uh respect there are two reasons for this one uh one is that it's you know it's conceptual and the other one is uh we can categorize it as as uh, philosophical now the conceptual problem resides in the fact that they have always, you know, been signs of, you know, in nature, of nature. So when confronted with the uh, prophesied signs of nature, many people, you know, shrug their shoulders and ask, well, you know, what else is new? You know, we've always had tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes. But however, what they overlook is that Jesus said, These signs would be like birth pains. I know I'm repeating myself, but I want to hit home on this point. That means they will come with more frequency and intensity the closer we get uh, to the Lord's return. And that is exactly what's happening, uh, appears to be happening today. Now, the philosophical problem many people have with the signs of nature is you know, due to the fact that so many folk have been uh, uh, brainwashed by Western scientific rationalization into, you know, believing that for something to exist, you know, you must be able to see it. Uh, You got to be able to measure it, weigh it, dissect it. You know, it's the opposite of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In contrast, the Bible teaches there, is a whole realm of the supernatural that cannot normally be perceived by the senses. You know, unfortunately, you know, today, most of the unsaved world trust what they can physically see and, uh, and what they hear, what their hands can handle, you know, what they can see and hear through social media and so forth. However, in the supernatural realm, the apostle Paul wrote, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, it also includes God's intervention in history from time to time through supernatural manifestations and, and of course, natural uh, disasters. You know, sometimes God uses signs of nature to underline the importance you know, of major events. For example, at the birth of Jesus, you know, God placed a special light in the heavens, you know, a manifestation of his Shekinah glory. And when Jesus was crucified, you know, the earth experienced three hours of darkness and a major earthquake. And the Bible says that when Jesus returns, the world will experience the greatest earthquake in history we find that in revelations chapter 16 verses 18 to 21 it says in verse 18 and there were voices and thunders and lightnings lightnings and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great verse 19 and the great city talking about jerusalem was divided into three parts and the cities. Of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Verse 21 And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great you know it's amazing that uh with all this now, again this is in the future but men will still be blaspheming God when they seeing stuff that's not natural you know what I'm saying they're still going to be blaspheming God I find that uh, find that uh pretty pretty pitiful okay and it says in Isaiah forty verses three through five it says the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. You know, more often, you know, God uses signs of nature as remedial judgments to call nations to repentance. You know, both the Bible and uh, history, you know, attest to the fact that God has a pattern of dealing, you know, with nature, nation, excuse me. You know, when a nation rebels against God, you know, he, he responds first by raising up prophetic voices to call the nation you know, to repentance. Now, uh, these are not necessarily people with supernatural knowledge of the future. They simply have the gift of discernment to see where a nation is missing God's mark. To put it another way, they know how to apply the scriptures to contemporary, contemporary events. And where are those voices today? You know, some are sounding the alarm. You know, some are... Staying with the prosperity message, you know, are they preaching what the people want to hear or are they preaching Christ crucified and warning the people of God's judgments if they don't turn and pivot, you know, away from sin? If a nation refuses to listen to prophetic voices, you know, these remedial, you know, judgments uh, can take. Many forms. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 mentions economic failure, you know, like depression, recession, inflation. Uh, also, in there, it talks about rebellion of youth, an epidemic of divorce and sex out of marriage, uh, animus in government, foreign domination, and uh, ultimately uh, military defeat. And it also in the text, it mentions natural disasters like drought, crop failure, pestilence—you know, which is a um, another word for plagues or pandemic. You know, in addition to you know what I just mentioned, when a nation turns against God, the first thing to go is you know is not the economy, uh, it's not the the arts and the science or the military, but justice, but. Justice and regrettably, it's become. It's because when you know when folk turn away from God, they start to live for themselves, and once they do that, both power and money become priorities, and the first things to suffer in that case are justice and righteousness. So come on, y'all, you know, wake up now. We see this manifestation daily in the news and you know all over social media. Folks being pulled every which way you know, through deception, deception and and lies. And furthermore, let me say this, if a nation digs in deep against God and uh, sets his jaw, so to speak, against his calls to repentance, you know, a point of no return will be reached, often referred to as when a wound becomes incurable. In Nahum, chapter 3, verse 19, it says, There is no healing of thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous. All that hear, the brood of thee, shall clap their hands over thee, for upon whom have not thy wickedness passed continually. Something, something about that word, that word grievous, grievous. You know, we can find it in, Genesis chapter 18 verse 20 and the Lord said because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous you know and at this point you know the Lord will deliver the nation from judgment to destruction and that destruction may occur quickly and you know as with Babylon or it may occur gradually over time you know as it was with the uh, with the Roman Empire you know, there are many examples of remedial judgments in the Bible uh, that involve natural disasters. Take, for example, you know, the plagues which, you know, God afflicted Egypt in order to convince the Pharaoh that, you know, he should release the children of Israel from captivity. The Lord sent plagues of frogs and gnats and flies and uh, what else? Locusts, you know, in addition, he contaminated the nation's water, afflicted the livestock with pestilence, uh struck people with swords and and boils and the land in a thick darkness and finally took the lives of the firstborn of both men and livestock. And another example, when King Ahab led the Israelites into the worship of a pagan God, the Lord raised up the prophet Elijah to call the king and his people to repentance. When they, when they ignored Elijah, the Lord then put a remedial, judgment on the land in the form of a severe three and a half, three and a half year drought. That's in first Kings chapter 17 and 18. You know, in the book of Joel tells us about a locust invasion uh, that affected Judah. This was one of the worst calamities. You know, if you think about it, that could befall an agricultural society. You know, it appears that the people began bemoaning their bad luck that's when God sent the prophet Joel to inform them that the disaster had nothing to do with luck you know Joel boldly proclaimed that the locusts had been sent by God to call the people to repentance he warned that if they did not repent the Lord would send something even worse and that being a enemy army and the people ignored Joel and the prophets who followed him And God ultimately sent the army delivering them, get this, from judgment to destruction. And 70 years later, when the Babylonian captivity ended, the Jews who returned to Judah laid the foundation for a new temple and then quickly lost interest in the project. They turned their attention instead to building, you know, the personal homes for 14 years. The foundation of the uh, temple stood vacant. Finally, God raised up. An elderly tough-talking prophet named Haggai, he confronted the people by asking them, have you noticed that when you plant your crops, they are destroyed by root rot? And when you replant them, they are destroyed again by hell. And when you replant, a windstorm comes. A windstorm comes. God is speaking to somebody today. He's calling you to, to repent of your misplaced priorities and give attention to the rebuilding of his temple, for once the people listened, obeyed, and and were blessed. has God been showing us something here in America, signs through nature, you know, to come to repentance, obey, and be blessed. Well I believe so. but first we must ask, what if and how grievous is the sin in the nation violence? A lot of innocent bloodshed. I'm not talking about just abortion. There are grievous murders that occur from the womb to the tomb. You know, school and workplace shootings, gang violence, family violence. What if and how grievous is the sin in this nation? Corruption at the local, state, federal level, you know, not strengthening the widow and the poor, oppressing the stranger. Again, what if and how grievous is the sin in this nation? Same-sex marriage is allowed. Saints, let me say the sin of pride is running prevalent in the land and throughout many nations. A proud look, it says in Proverbs 6, verse 17, it's the number one list, number one on the list that God hates. A proud, a proud look it is written in Ezekiel 16 verse 19 he says behold this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom pride fullness of bread which is materialism and the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy and here in America every two to four years we elect leaders to govern over us God allows us to make choices every two to four years at the ballot box, you know, and through free and fair elections decide, we get to decide. And after that, there are recu- uh, let me say, let me say that word, there are repercussions for those choices. So my question is, are we electing leaders whose hearts are not and will not become hardened through pride, not giving in to lies and misinformation and personal gain? You know, I know that's hard to decipher in those folks, you know, their true intent for seeking office. However, you know, maybe, just maybe, the first question in any political debate should be, do you fear God? In other words, do you have reverence for the Lord? For it is written, fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They shouldn't have fear of any man or their political machine just do what's right and just in the sight of god but of course you know that question wouldn't make it pass <laughs> wouldn't make it pass to the base screeners you know psalms 118 verses 8 through 9 says it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man it's better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in princes And heed the warning that was given to ancient Israel in Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing. And committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore, shall the land mourn and everyone that dwelleth therein shall langu- languish with the beasts of the fields and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Now, be honest with yourself. Are there signs that the land is in mourning? Is God trying to get our attention? First and foremost, first and foremost his written word but also by signs of nature you know repentance is needed in the land yet let me say God is a loving God and he has to deal with our sin but the good news is if God chooses to heal the land what will he expect of us well the Lord tells us in Zechariah chapter 9 Verses 9 through 10. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you, none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. Amen. When I come back, we'll talk about honesty. And then later on in the second hour, the promises of God, this is Troy Newport and Brown here on fishbowl radio. And uh, I got to go to a couple of messages and I'll be right back after this.
2: Amy Manuel here, proud Texas liberal and host of Political Musings every Monday at noon on Fishbowl Radio each week. We explore politics through the lens of music and pop culture on themes that vary from science fiction to wages to civil rights to women's rights and sometimes just one artist like Elvis or Eartha Kitt. We'll meet activists and candidates and some folks that lived the history that some of us only read about. Join in each Monday at noon
0: on fishbowlradionetwork.com. Jump in.
2: Podcasters and internet radio hosts, it's time to take your show to the next level. Hi, my name is Sammy G, a 30 plus year radio broadcasting veteran, public speaker, and voiceover artist. And for the last 11 years, now the proud owner of Fishbowl Radio Network, the largest and most listened to streaming platform and radio station facility of its kind. Two years ago, I created a proprietary system to help podcasters and internet radio hosts learn how to program their show like the pros, build a constantly growing and loyal fan base, and monetize their show. I teach this system every six weeks via Zoom to individuals all over the world. The Behind the Mic Masterclass is six one-hour classes that will finally take your show to the next level. Call today, 817-633-4880, 817-633-4880, and reserve your seat for the next Behind the Mic Masterclass.
3: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
2: Hi. Hi. Oh, hey.
3: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh-huh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network.
1: told me that my wilderness was not permanent tell your neighbor, say your wilderness is not permanent it's only a temporary situation just touch about three people and tell them what you're going through it's only a test it's only a test
3: it's only a test
0: Only a test what you're going through. And we've had plenty of those. I know I have. Amen. Amen. You know, I, it's really kind of a, amazing to see uh, a lot of uh, folks uh, calling one another just straight up liars and whatever. We had somebody yelling at the uh, president the other day. I forget where he was speaking at, calling him a liar. And then they got this thing called a big lie. I had to deal with um, something with the election. So that word is, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like you see a lot of People accusing one another all the time about lied about this or lied about that, whatever. I think there's a problem with honesty. Um, so, uh, let me, let me get my two cents in on this. You know, it is, it is written, it is written in Proverbs 6. There are six things that the Lord does hate. Seven are an abomination to him. Three of these are as follows. A lying tongue, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth uh, discord among the brethren. Now, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 59 verse 4, None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for the truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity the bible also tells us they bend their tongues like their bow for lies and but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth that's jeremiah chapter 9 verse 3 and and in verse 5 it says and will not speak will not speak the truth yet the scripture tells us proverbs 12 verse 22 Lying lips are an abomination, an abomination to the Lord. And it says in Proverbs 13, verse 5, a righteous man, a righteous man hateth lying. You know, one of the biggest problems people have is honesty. You know, one of the greatest problems we see in society, like I just mentioned, you know, right now is dishonesty. You know, folks being Led by dishonest individuals who soar discord that seek to divide for personal gain and acquiesce to the powers that be you know in political circles they even have come up with subcategories for dishonesty you know they uh, they use phrases like spin or talking points they even have a definition for spin. They say it's the best presentation of the facts. You know, many today (laughs) have given themselves over to disinformation and so forth. You know, however, how one dresses it up is still made up, still dishonesty, blatant and lying. But let's be real, very few think of themselves as dishonest. You know, very few of us will consider ourselves a liar. Yet we all know that at one time or another you know we have lied and one of the problems we may have or had regarding lying is not having an honest enough heart you know to admit the truth we may have told a little what they call a white lie but refused to admit it was a lie you know for instance uh we may have given our word that you know we would be at a certain place at a certain time and you know something comes up we didn't keep our word yet Refuse to admit to ourselves that, you know, that was lying. Perhaps, you know, uh, you may say jokingly, uh, yeah, I'll be there, you know, by three. But, you know, you didn't make it. What does that make it? Yeah, well, that's still a lie. You know, perhaps, you know, we are not prepared to admit what a lie really is. A lie is an abominable thing that God hates. Let me put it in perspective. To say something in the form of a promise or commitment and then not keep your word regardless of the reason is a lie and God hates it. You know, perhaps you will say, you know, we will go to a certain church on a certain day, yet yeah, you don't go. You know, that's a form of lying and God hates it. If uh, you tell a, you know, a person anything that is part true and part dishonest, well, that, you know, that's a lie and God hates it. If you say someone did this or that and it's not true, then you, have told a lie about that person, and God hates it. And if you say you will be at someone's house at two, but you didn't make it until four, it's still a lie. What you shoulda said was, "Lord willing, I will be there at two, or I'll try to be there at two p.m." You know, in James chapter four, thirteen through fifteen, James addressed that. He says, "Go to now, ye these say today or tomorrow." We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time that vanisheth away. Verse 15. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. You know, there's a lot of folks who had had some plans for today. The they said they're going to do this and that. Yet, unfortunately, you know, some of them they didn't wake up. They didn't wake up. Look at the words Jesus says about Satan in John chapter eight, verses forty-four and uh, uh, verse forty-five. Jesus said, "He is a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him." When he speaketh, he speaketh a lie. He speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Please note, it is not only those who lie to go to the lake of fire, but also those who refuse to believe the truth. You know, they choose to believe a lie and are not saved. In John 8, verse 47, it says, He that is of God... Heareth God's words, ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. And what causes, what causes a person to lie? You know, it's Satan. Satan works in our emotions and our feelings. Perhaps if one did not lie, they would embarrass themselves. So, you know, they lie. They try to, you know, cover the truth. They just cannot seem to tell the whole truth. Again, I've been there. Know what I'm talking about? But it is written in Acts chapter five, verse three. Peter said to Ananias, "Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie?" You know, and Satan is the father of lies. Satan was a liar from the beginning. Satan is a deceiver, and he's currently deceiving uh, the whole world. Perhaps the let me say the greatest lie is to believe the Bible is not the infallible Word of God. The Bible is a perfect word of God to say, you know, I don't believe I need to do. What scripture says is lying to yourself. You know, it is written in Acts chapter two, verse 38. It says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, thus we are to obey. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, by grace, are you saved through faith? Thus, you know, we are to believe it. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for those who obey. The word. And in Hebrews Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, it says, He became the author of our eternal salvation unto them that obey Him. So a question is asked in Romans chapter 1, verse 25. It says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie? The answer is people. The answer is Satan moving in the minds of people that do not have a good. And on his heart in Hebrews chapter six, verse 18, it says it is impossible, impossible for God to lie. And God sends a stern warning through his word in James chapter three, verse 14. Lie not against against the truth. And in the Colossians chapter three, verse nine, it says, lie not one to another, saying that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. You know, once you're born again, you put off that old man, you know, Satan ways, and follow, you know, the path of complete truthfulness and honesty. You know, if you do not, you know, you're lying to or deceiving yourself. And First John's chapter two, verse four, it says, "He that saith I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him." Understand that. First John two twenty one says, "No lie is." of the truth no lie that you ever tell is of god and no matter what the excuse no matter what the reason no matter if your house burns down if you make a promise keep it no lie is of god watch your words lord help us to watch our words be careful what you say you know let's you must speak in lie and Jesus never lied again Satan is the father of lies whom may I ask do you follow little white lies are big abominable lies that will surely surely take you to the lake of fire so let me wrap this up have you had your conversations let me say been honest that's what it says in 1 Peter 2 verse 12 in 1 Thessalonians four twelve. it says walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing and in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 18 it says pray for us for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live to live honestly submit yourselves to God submit yourselves to the truth dwell in the truth and love the truth love Jesus and his ways because he is the way the truth and the life. Amen. Amen. I'll be right back right after these messages.
1: Here's today's stem tip don't throw out that old plastic bottle, repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at SheCanSTEM. A message from the Ad Council. Hey, this is
2: Keisha, host of I Am Radio. Broadcasting live each week on Thursday at 7 p.m. Central from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear exclusive interviews with small business owners, trending artists, and influencers. We will also discuss highlights of naturopathic principles, mental health awareness, and self-healing. So be sure to log on each week Thursday at 7 p.m. Central to catch I Am Radio.
0: On Fishbowl Radio Network, jump in.
2: Podcasters and internet radio hosts, it's time to take your show to the next level. Hi, my name is Sammy G, a 30 plus year radio broadcasting veteran, public speaker, and voiceover artist. And for the last 11 years, now the proud owner of Fishbowl Radio Network, the largest and most listened to streaming platform and radio station facility of its kind. Two years ago, I created a proprietary system to help podcasters and internet radio hosts learn how to program their show like the pros, build a constantly growing and loyal fan base, and monetize their show. I teach them. This system every six weeks via Zoom to individuals all over the world. The Behind the Mic Masterclass is six one hour classes that will finally take your show to the next level. Call today, 817 633 4880. 817 633 4880, and reserve your seat for the next Behind the Mic Masterclass. Hi, this is Diane Marion Eunice, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. For the past nine years, I have worked with over 300 couples in the areas of sexual health, communication, and conflict resolution. If you are interested in rebuilding connection and intimacy with your partner, please contact me today. I can be reached at 682-201-8175, or you can email me at diane at TalkRelationships.org or visit my website at www.letstalkrelationships.org And remember, you can't heal if you refuse to deal. Oh, no. This cannot be happening. Oh, please, 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 just give me a warning. License and registration? Oh, was I speeding, officer?
3: Thirty-five and a thirty. That can be a dangerous speed in a neighborhood.
2: Oh, sorry about that. I was just running a little late.
3: Well, now you're running very
0: late. Uh. All over the country, cops are cracking down. If you speed, you will get a ticket. Obey the sign or pay the fine. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. This is Dr. Lewis. Catch my show, The Dr. Fred Lewis Show, every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. You'll be able to hear news and views, and we want to hear from you. Log in on Saturdays in the Gray Stream, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network.
1: that said, Master, can you use me? I may not be the best at this or that, but whatever I can do, Master, can you use me? Come on, Jesse. Sing that for me.
3: Who is
0: in a denominational choir. Master, can you, can you use me? You know, biblical hope is never based on what is possible with man. Biblical hope, you know, looks away from man to the promises of God. And I'm going to talk about that uh, here in a little bit. But, excuse me, when it does, it becomes the full assurance of hope, the expectation of great things from God. Biblical hope has its foundation. You know, that's faith in God. You know, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word "batah" and its cognates has the meaning of confidence, security, and being without care. Therefore, the concept of doubt is not part of this word. We find that meaning in Job chapter 6, verse 20. You see it in Psalm 16, verse 9. Again, Psalms 22 through 9. And uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 4. In most instances, in the New Testament, the word hope, Is the Greek ellipsis or elepiso. And again, there is no doubt, you know, attached to this word. Therefore, biblical hope is a confident expectation or assurance based on a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. In other words, there's no doubt about it. You know, folks can. And survive without much food, water, shelter, clothing, you know, transportation, even affection, you know. But without hope, many of us would be in the grave by now. You know, again, hope is the essence of our faith. You know, we hope to go to heaven one day. We hope that God hears and, you know, answer our prayers, and we hope that our labor isn't in vain. But what if hope was unnecessary for our faith? You ever thought about that? What if we could just look up? And see heaven physically right in front of us. You know, what if we uh, never had to persevere in faith and prayer? What if everything you ever wanted just happened the way you planned? You know, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, For we are saved by hope, and hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what do he yet hope for? Or in another translation, let me put it this way, for... In this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already, already have? You know, without hope, we can never fully trust in God with all our hearts. You know, hope is grasping for what we can't see, but we believe because of the assurance in our hearts from God. So let me go in there about a couple of things scripture teaches us. And has to say about hope. In Job chapter eleven, verse eighteen it says, You know, and thou shalt be secure because there is hope, yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take rest in safety. In other words, you will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you, and you will rest in safety. Hope brings security. You know, house alarms, security guards Uh, concealed handguns might offer some hope you know for protection against wicked people but the eternal hope in Christ means that you are completely completely secured in God's hands in this world uh, and the next when the storms of life are raging your anchor is the hope that God is in control and he is hope you know brings confidence says in Psalms 25 verses 1 through 3 yea Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without a cause. In other words, no one who hopes in you will ever, ever be put to shame. You know, and because our hope is in the blood of Jesus, we don't have to worry about the shame of our sins. Amen. You know, we confess our sins and are covered by his sacrifice, not because of our good works. But through the grace of God, we, you know, as believers can come boldly uh, to the throne of grace and seek God help because, amen, and because of hope. You know, and hope, <coughs> excuse me, hope brings, you know, praise to God. You know, uh, Psalm 71, verse 14, it says, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more, you know, in our darkest hours and, and the deepest pain the body of Christ can still you know have hope you know we in Christ Jesus can praise him when everything around us looks bleak and dim our hope in God reveals that he is in control and he uses everything for our good and you know hope brings eternal value amen says Proverbs twenty-three eighteen: there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be will not be cut off no matter what is you know going on around us there is a future hope in Christ not only working in us at this very moment but he's also working out our destiny in his kingdom you know even in our physical death we have hope of eternal peace joy and comfort you know I know I'm going to see my loved ones around the throne of glory one day grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, first wife, my first wife and daughter. You know, glory be to God and and his promises, amen. And you know, hope brings, it brings strength. It brings strength. It says in Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord, Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run. And not grow weary. They will walk and not and not be uh faint. God has planted hope in the heart of every believer so that we can build a strong relationship of love and trust with Him. You know, the demands of this life can, you know, kind of beat us down spiritually, emotionally, you know, sometimes physically, yet remembering, and it's uh so imperative to be cognizant of these uh these days that we're in. The hope that we have in Christ to overcome evil with good, to bless and not curse, and to draw on his word gives us renewed energy, you know, to face the world. You know, and hope brings goodness. Amen. You know, in Lamentations three, verse twenty five, it says the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. You know, the favor of God rests on on those who put their hope in him. You know, he gives us Uh, the ability to excel in our gifts beyond our expectations. You know, goodness uh, from the Lord is evident in our speech, in our actions, because of the hope we have, you know, in our hearts. You know, and hope brings joy. Amen. Romans uh, 12, verses 12, it says, Be joyful, be joyful in hope. Be joyful in hope. You know, our outward circumstances may, exceptionally, uh, may be you know exceptionally painful and difficult uh, to deal with. But because of hope, amen, we still have joy. You know, the hope in Christ stirs up our joy so that, you know, we can praise the Lord in song and dance. You know, even in the midst, <clears throat> excuse me, of any hardship. And hope brings love. It says in Romans chapter five, verse five and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given, given to us. You know, hope reveals uh, the love of God that is within all of us, all believers. You know, we are moved by the spirit of God to show love to others in the hope that they will come to know Christ. And, you know, hope is the, uh is a filter in which love is uh, expressed in action and uh, not not just words, you know. And hope brings faith. Amen. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The evidence or assurance of our faith in God is hope. You know, we don't have to, see him to believe that he exists the spirit gives witness to our spirit that hope in god is a sure foundation that we can build you know our lives on wherever faith uh in god looks to the future whenever excuse me whenever faith in god looks to the future you know it can be called hope and whenever hope rests on the word of god well you know that could be called faith amen and where is your hope i might ask you know, hope can you know, it can be lost, you know, it can be found. It can be easy. As tiny as an atom, it can still pack a powerful punch, you know, in the eye of the of the despair. You know, hope is a gentle tug within the heart of all of us, you know, to comfort us when we when we are tossing fro, you know, to and fro, excuse me, by you know, these trials of life. However, Hope is a powerful stimulant for the brokenhearted and dejected, especially especially when we, you know, we've lost loved ones, especially in death. And there is always hope even for the unbeliever in that anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a living dog is better off than a dead lion, yes? That's in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 4. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. You know, God has planted hope in the heart of every, every believer so that we can build a strong relationship of love and trust with him. That's why, you know, I'm not surprised from what I hear and see what's transpiring in the world. The violence, the corruption, you know, these things were prophesied to happen. In the, you know, the latter days, these last times, we have spiritual discernment to watch and know that what is transpiring is lining up with Scripture. So where is your hope? Amen. Let it grow continuously and nourish in the word of our almighty God every day, all day. Amen. Amen. Here's Chicago Mass. And I am. I am blessed. You are too.
1: How many folks do we have out there? Can I get a witness? If you woke up early this morning and had the activities of your limbs, you're blessed, and you shouldn't be ashamed about it. Sometimes, Boosie try to make you feel that you don't have nothing and that you're not blessed. But if you have Jesus, you have more than enough. Quiet. God knows us. neighbors, tell them I'm blessed. blessed. God knows I'm blessed. That's it, that's it.
3: As I live
1: I'm trying to bother you, but tell your name, tell them I'm blessed, but God knows I'm blessed. When I look at the
3: situation around me, nobody can tell me that I'm blessed, I know I'm
1: i seen that course.
3: Time. No, 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 but the Lord keeps on blessing me. No, not by my goodness. Take your time, take your time.
1: I'm yeah.
0: Bless the Lord, Amen. Keeps on blessing me. Twenty Twenty Brown here. I'll be right back. I gotta take a quick uh, break, but I'll be right back uh, and finish up with the promises, the promises of God.
2: Hi, this is your host, Pastor Clemens of the God's Warrior Show, broadcasting live each week on saturday at twelve p.m. to one p.m. Now log on to hear feel-good gospel music, inspiration, words, and exciting guest interviews. Be sure to log on to God's Warrior Show on Fishbowl Radio Network every Saturday to receive the blessing that you've been waiting for.
0: On Fishbowl Radio Network, jump in.
2: Podcasters and internet radio hosts, it's time to take your show to the next level. Hi, my name is Sammy G, a 30 plus year radio broadcasting veteran, public speaker, and voiceover artist. And for the last 11 years, now the proud owner of Fishbowl Radio Network, the largest and most listened to streaming platform and radio station facility of its kind. Two years ago, I created a proprietary system to help podcasters and internet radio hosts learn how to program their show like the pros, build a constantly growing and loyal fan base, and monetize their show. I teach the System every six weeks via Zoom to individuals all over the world. The Behind the Mic Masterclass is six one hour classes that will finally take your show to the next level. Call today, 817 633 4880. 817 633 4880, and reserve your seat for the next Behind the Mic Masterclass.
1: Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at SheCanSTEM. A message from the Ad Council.
3: Dear 16-year-old me, It will be really cool when you get your driver's license. So don't ruin everything by drinking and driving. Drinking is against the law for you anyway. Don't be a total moron because police hate it and you'll get a big fat ticket. And maybe jail. And dad will get really mad. So please don't ever drive drunk, Jason. Our future depends on it. Sincerely,
2: me, Jason. Underage drinking, adult consequences. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
0: You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network. Crawford can nobody nobody do me like Jesus amen numbers chapter 23 verse 19 it is written God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent hath he said and shall he not do it or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good you know there are many many promises of God in scripture you know in each promise God pledges that something will or will not be done or given you know or come to pass you know these are you know not uh, flippant you know casual promises such as you know we often make you know these promises of God are they're rock solid you know uh, unequivocal you know commitments made by God himself and you know because God is faithful Uh, the recipients of the divine promises can have full assurance that what God has pledged will indeed, you know, be realized. You know, let me give you a a few of God's promises through Scripture. And let me start back in the uh, start in the Old Testament. God is faithful. God is. He is faithful. God promised to bless Abraham, you know, and through his descendants, the whole world. You know, it says in Genesis chapter 12. Verses two through three, and I and I will make a make of thee a great nation, and will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth uh, be blessed. This promise was called the Abrahamic com- uh, covenant, covenant, excuse me, pointing to the coming Messiah from whom you know Abraham looked. You know, God promised that. If we search for him, we will find him, says in Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord, thy God, thou shalt find him. And if thou seek him with all thine heart and with all thy soul, you know, he is not playing hard to get. You know, our God is near us wherever we pray to him. You know, God promised that his love will never fail. He says in first Chronicles 16 verse 34. Or give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. He is faithful in every, you know, every way. And God promised blessing for all who will delight themselves in his word. It says in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Simple faith it does it does have its rewards. and in the New Testament, we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17, you know, God promised salvation to all believers believes in his Son. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. You know, there's no greater blessing than the free gift the free gift of salvation. You know, and God promised all things will work out good for his children. We all know this in Romans chapter eight, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You know, this is a broader picture that keeps us, you know, from being dismayed by the, uh, you know, the present circumstances and trials that, you know, we, that we go through. You know, and God promised comfort, you know, in our trials. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we also ourselves are comforted of God. You know, He has a plan, and one day, one day, we'll be able to share the comfort, you know, share that comfort that we received. God promised new life in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Okay, and it also says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, God promised every spiritual blessing in Christ. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly and heavenly places in Christ, you know and God promised to finish the work he started in us to finish the work that he started in us. it says in Philippians chapter one verse six, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, you know God does. You know, nothing he doesn't do uh anything or nothing in half measures, so to speak. You know, he started the work in us, and he will, you know, be sure amen to complete it. And God promised peace when we pray. Yep, that's in Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Be confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. His peace again is our protection and he will guard your hearts and minds, and will guard us in Christ Jesus and God promises to supply our needs we see that in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you and in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 it says but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus not that we get you know everything we want but our needs will be taken care of we are more valuable it says in Matthew 6:26, than the birds and our heavenly father he feeds them you know and Jesus promised in his gospels you know he promised rest we see that in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 you know all our burdens he took them away you know, at Calvary, you know, and Jesus promised abundant life to those who will follow him. You know, following Jesus brings us, you know, brings us more spiritual fulfillment than we could have anticipated. You know, we have uh, we have left the boring, so to speak, behind. Amen. You know, and Jesus promised eternal life to those who trust him. See that in John four fourteen, The good shepherd also promised to hold us uh, securely. says in john 10 verse 28 no one will snatch them out of my hand and jesus promised his disciples power from on high you know and in this power you know they they were to go on and you know turn the world upside down as it says in Acts 17 6 and jesus promised that he will return for us amen and from then on We will always be with him. So finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There are many, many more promises of God that I could have listed. You know, all of them find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He is, as uh, the uh, author penned him in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the radiance, he's called the radiance of God's glory. So, you know, no matter how many promises God has made, there are, it will always be, yes, those promises will be answered, yes, in our lord and savior christ jesus amen amen get ready to get out of here i'm gonna go into my going to the crate like we used to say back in the day and pull out an old old one for you before i get off of here i'm gonna play some maddie moss clark upon this rock
3: Upon on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall prevail against it. Against it. Up on this rock, I will build my church.
0: Matty Moss Clark, Michigan State Community Choir. Amen, amen. Troy in Brown here. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I talked about honesty and I talked about biblical hope and and always the lean on the promises of God. Lean on the promises of God. seems like that's all we have today, leaning on his promises and his assurances and uh, make sure, you know, that you have your mind made up, you know, especially in these times of of uh, dissent and just bedlam. I guess that's a good word to put it. You know, we're just staying firm and, and trusting and trusting in God. You know, my mind is made up. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. God bless you and have a good day and keep moving forward. Get right, church. It's just about time for us to go home. Have a good week.